It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Somehow, the Mavericks made this game a fun ending because the first three quarters were tough. They were rough, but Spencer Dinwiddie, let's go. Dorian Finney-Smith, big-time night for the Mavs. Let's talk all about this Kings win because it was a fun one. And this is Locked On Mavericks Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome to Locked On Mavs. This is your one of your co-host Isaac Harris, Mavs.com. Riding solo today after this fun win. Nick was actually in the building attending the game uh, with his wife, enjoying it as a fan. I was in the press box uh, for uh, this win and what a what a what a fun win! I don't I don't even want to say it's like a big win, but in a weird way, it was a big win. Factoring in everything that happened over the first three quarters of the game, and you know they go into the game, Luca's out, and it's like, all right, this is one of those games, you know, like it's a not a very great opponent trying to respect the Kings. Come on, go, bear with me here. Um, not a great opponent. In, in Sacramento, but you're like, hey, this is a, this is one of those wins that you have to win. Luca's obviously out, and um, the first half of that game was just brutal. But we're going to talk about uh, I say we. Um, I'm going to talk about Dorian Finney-Smith. I'm going to talk about Spencer Dinwiddie, and then some fun stuff about the game. Some notes. Took a lot of notes during this game, and then at the tail end, don't tell Nick. I want to talk about two things: Coach K and the Batman. Because I saw Batman this morning, so uh, y'all get some uh, Batman takes at the very end. And um, then you can just hear me chuckle about uh, Coach K uh, losing on his uh, night. So, yeah. Who do you want to start with first? We'll, we'll leave it up to you, the listener, as you're listening to this in your car or on YouTube. Do you want to start with Dinwiddie or Dorian? So put Dorian or Dinwiddie in the chat, and then I'm going to read the chat, and I'll pick whoever you guys say uh, first. Um, it's not live, so it doesn't matter who you put down in the chat. Let's start with, um, let's start with Dorian Finney Smith. I can't tell you how much I like this guy. You, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for the past, and we've been, Nick and I have been doing this pod, talking about the Mavs every single freaking day for five years now and, um, going on our sixth season and you, you guys know how much we love Dorian and I, the early days of Dorian, now Dorian is still rolling along with the Mavs and he signs that extension a while back. And just, you know, a few weeks ago after the trade deadline, they locked Dorian up super quick, four years, 55 million. Um, you know, there's a, there's a trade bonus on that. There's a player option on that fourth year, but let me just give you the breakdown of that money. 12.4 next year. Dorian Finney Smith's going to make $12.4 million next year. 13.3 after that, 14.3 after that, then a player option for the 15.3 in 2025-26. I tweeted this the other day. I'll say it again. I think that when it's all said and done, 
we could look back on it as fans, as Mavs fans, and say locking up Dorian Finney-Smith at that number when they did was one of the more underrated moves that the Mavericks have made. And I say that because I feel like we talk so much about Brunson and how Brunson, how Brunson plays the rest of the season and even into the playoffs. And it's like, man, he's just going to increase his number, right? Like even Brunson himself is betting on himself by not doing an extension with the Mavericks right now, because it's like, Hey, I can make more than 55 million in the open market this summer, which he can, and he should, he deserves it. But what we haven't talked about as much is like Dorian, Dorian Finney Smith, because is there a world that, Dorian continues to play at the level he's playing at right now, being a great defender, being a, th- a legit one of the best 3 and D guys in the league. And he plays so well the rest of the season and into the playoffs. And he, he showed, I mean, he already is one of the most important pieces for the Mavericks. Is there a world that he plays past that? No- like, you can't tell me that if Dorian Finney-Smith keeps on playing like he is right now, that next year he's going to make $12.4 million, that there wouldn't be a team out there willing to give him at least 15, at least 16 a year. And that's why I'm saying, like, I think the Mavericks, when they locked him up at what they did, it's it's wild. I mean, they after the game, you know, they, they said in post game, they, they've been calling Ferrari <laughs> Ferrari Doe, like, yeah, ever since he got this extension. And it's like, you know, he downplays, like, I'm not a Ferrari type of guy, I'm more of a truck guy. And, but it's like, he means so much to this team. And for him to get that three tonight, he said post game, you saw the team. I mean, shout out to the team chemistry, man. Like I know Memphis is like the darlings for the NBA right now of how much we love seeing. I love seeing teams and team chemistry across all sports. And I love what Memphis has. I'm not trying to take away from that, but man, the team chemistry that's happening in Dallas right now, it's special. And it's like, that's where you see like special things happen when you see teams go on runs in the playoffs. So you're like, oh man, didn't kind of, you know, see that happening as far as like a national, you know, look in on a team, but man, this team has something special team chemistry wise, all of them giving him, you know, the water bottle shower after, after the game. But he said that last play of the game, you know, Fox goes to the free throw line. He misses free throw, he, you know, he ties it up and you know, the, Brunson drives in, he kicks it to Dorian in that corner and Dorian knocks it down. The place goes nuts. It's the game winning shot. There's only a few seconds left. They didn't, you know, that they, they didn't, you know, make the shot or, you know, having even a good play. The Kings did at the end of, at the buzzer there, but Dorian hits the game winner. It's like, man, I'm so happy for that guy. And to see the team and see everybody so happy for him. He just, I, I'm hyped for his season. I'm hyped for him as an individual and for the Mavericks because I think they got him at a really good deal for how important he is to this team. He finished the night uh, with 17 points. He was 5 of 11 for, <laughs> from 3. Like, Dorian's shooting 11 threes uh, in a game right now. 45% from 3. You guys have seen the averages over the last 6 games. He's, he's shooting you know at 58% from 3 of the past 3 games. That's not factoring in tonight's game he was 6 of 13 from uh from the floor and on top of that also he had you know he had six boards a couple steals but here's the thing on top of that when the Mavericks decided to debut him somebody tweeted at me the other day I should pull it up so I can give you exact credit the Twitter handle they said hey was it a coincidence that the Mavericks rolled out the small ball Dorian at the five after the trade deadline and it's like ooh what if, you know, what if, like, what is that the quint after they locked him up to the extension, that's when they rolled him out to five. And, you know, early on this game, Dwight was getting kind of torched by, you know, Sabonis, right? Like, I mean, I, I literally wrote it in my notes. I'm like, holy crap, Sabonis is torching them. 
And you factor that into, it's like, okay, well, if Dwight's going to get in foul trouble, well, who's going to guard Sabonis? Marquise Chris is out. They traded KP, obviously. Um, Maxi was out of this game too. So you're like, all right, who's left? You know, Boban, uh, Boban got like what? One second of play. Um, they didn't even bring Boban out to get the ball stuck from the goal, unstuck from the goal. But, um, you know, for the small ball lineup that the Mavericks, you know, have kind of turned to with Dorian at the five, the biggest question everybody wants to throw out there is like, well, dang, the other opposing bigs are just going to torch them, right? Like on the rebounds, on you know, and scoring in the paint and all this stuff. And I get it. Rebounds tonight, they really struggled, right? I mean, it was a 39 to 40. They end up coming back and make it a, a, a little tighter with that because, you know, Kings finished the game with 45 rebounds. Uh, the Mavericks had 39. There was a, a, a large gap in that rebounding battle for a lot of the game. But what happens in the fourth? Dwight, e- even when Dwight fouled out, they go super, super small. Like not even like Berton's out there with Dorian. Dorian at the five. And it was like whoever you want to put at the four. Like if you want to consider Josh Green, but even Josh Green was bringing the ball up at times. Dorian at the five against the bonus. And talking about holding his ground. Like, that, you know, Tim McMahon had a tweet about it after the game about how, you know, <laughs> how Dorian, uh, not only was he the five on the floor and hit the big shot of the game, but man, he defended, you know, Sabonis. He said, this is McMahon's tweet after the game. He held DeMontis Sabonis scoreless in the fourth quarter. Finney Smith is worth every dime and then then some of his $55 million extension. That is what Dorian Finney Smith brings you. And him being able to defend Sabonis, especially at the end of the game, him being able to hit that knockdown three and shoot the ball like he's shooting it right now. I love that guy, and I, I really do believe the Mavericks got a steal by locking him up to that extension. Um, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I started with Dorian because he hit the big shot, but I think the biggest name of the night, Spencer Dinwiddie. Like what? Whew! Having Dinwiddie on this team – as the uh, as the third uh, the third playmaker, if you want to say third, I mean you could say he was kind of the second um, second guy now. But uh, I'm obviously not going in game order here because the first half of basketball was really frustrating, and so I don't really want to focus on that. Um, Dinwiddie was let me let me give you a free throw percentage from uh, Spencer Dinwiddie tonight. And this is a change, right? Because one of the free throw stuff is what we've been talking about on this team over the past few years. Like, hey, can we uh, kind of improve our free throws, especially at the end of the game? Uh, outside of Dinwiddie, we struggled a little bit tonight. But Dinwiddie, 12 of 13 from the free throw line tonight. He was 10 of 10 at halftime from the free throw line. It's like, let's go. Like, we need people to close games, especially. Now, the one free throw he missed was at the end of the game, uh, unfortunately. But Big time from the line, 36 points tonight. 36 points from Spencer Dinwiddie tonight. Um, I think it looks pretty good as a Maverick. And, you know, we, once again, we've said a lot of things on this pod over the past five years. A lot of things that have been wrong. Uh, trust me, you guys like to point out the wrong things. But it feels good sometimes to say, hey, I love seeing the third guy, the third ball handler, the creator. Loved being on the right side so far. Once again, we're only, what, seven, eight games in uh, of being more positive, more excited about this trade whenever they shipped KP out to bring in Dinwiddie and Bertans. And, I mean, what he did, what that fourth quarter looked like. The Mavericks were down by 19 points in this game, and they came back again. We just saw them come back against the Warriors, you know, 21 down. It was the fourth time this season they've been down by double digits, and they came back and won the game. We've said it a million times. 
somebody tweeted at me after the game and said, hey, you've been saying this, but is this another example of one of these games where they win a different way? And it's like, yes, believe it or not, they've figured out another way to win a basketball game because here we are without Luka. You're playing a Kings team. De'Aaron Fox is having a literally a, like a career night. I think he was one point shy from his career high. He's, he scored over 40 points in this game. And I mean, Fox literally could just do whatever he wanted to tonight. I mean, he was hitting, I mean, he was hitting everything no matter. I mean, they were like targeting Brunson at times. They, whoever they put on him, he was doing his thing. Um, the Kings points in the paint was just, I mean, it was wild to see how, I mean, we were in the press box. I was sitting uh, next to people in the, in the press box, just talking about how it felt like every time, whatever the Kings wanted, they were just getting layups and, you couldn't help to say, go on, let's bring it back to the Spencer Dinwiddie conversation and the trade. I, I tweeted out Dinwiddie's stats after the game. Some Wizards fans caught up to him like, oh, yeah, Dinwiddie scored 30-something points for us in the second game. Just wait. And it's like, all right, well, we are waiting. We're like seven or eight games in. He's had over 20 multiple games. Now he's over 30. Um, he looks – I mean, the team looks like they love him. And anyway, we'll leave that at that. But we'll say this. Even though Dinwiddie kept him in this game, kept him within, within you know fighting distance throughout the game, even though it was like a steady 10 to 15, got up to 19-point deficit at, at times, you missed KP in this game. I mean, if we're going to be honest, you missed his rim protection. And you saw that throughout the game as, <laughs> as the, this Kings team kept on, kept on, kept on driving to the basket. It wasn't a layup. They were getting you know a foul called on. And it's like that's why we had so many Mavericks in, in foul trouble tonight. But I literally wrote down there, I was like, missing KP rim protection. Because, and, and guys, you know how I feel about the trade. I love Dinwiddie. I love Burton. I thought it was a, a great trade for the Mavericks. But you missed that. And because they were just going to the rim at will, especially with Dwight, Dwight was getting fouled. I mean, have, when have we ever reached a point in the Mavericks over the past, how many ever years, five years, let's say five years to where when Dwight fouls out, it's huge. Like that was a, when Dwight fouled, out, I was like, Oh, Oh man, Dwight's out. And I don't know the last time I felt about, felt that way about Dwight leaving the game. Like, but it was huge, especially with Maxi Marquise Chris out and saying, like, now we got to go extra small. Obviously, Dorian held his held his ground, you know, with with Sabonis. But if KP was in there, you know, being able to you know protect the rim, at least having some type of paint presence uh, defensively against this team, maybe they didn't, you know, they couldn't get to the rim as easy. But on the flip side, let's counter that and say, well, we wouldn't have Dinwiddie either with with KP being able to score like Dinwiddie was. And I mean, it feels like Spencer Dinwiddie can get to the rim anytime he wants to, and it it's it's not like super quick speed he's just like beating people off the dribble to get to him it's like this craftiness he's so big he's six five he can get to the like he fits great with the team man and like i was high on the trade but so i mean we're like i said we're what seven eight games in it's going better right now than what i thought i thought we could get to this point by like playoff time i didn't think we'd be like here right now and i think that's really really cool um cooler than the halftime show so, um, love the guys from Slovenia. I think I thought it was a really cool. Uh, I love the atmosphere they create in the arena and the dunks. I think they messed up the uh, the the trampoline um, stations. I think they messed up the measurements on that a little bit because, you know, I thought we were trying to figure out why dunks weren't going in on All Star Weekend, and um, I had that same feeling 
during the halftime show of like, hey, I think I could be wrong. I felt like the gladiator scene, like, hey, remind me, isn't this person supposed to win? I was like, I could be wrong, but aren't these dunks supposed to be going in? Um, they just struggled a little bit, you know, just just putting that out there. But, you know, it was fun. It was cool. It was cool seeing all the Slovenia scarves in the arena tonight. I love that. It was a, it was a really cool night uh, to be in the arena. But let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk more about this Mavs game, and then I'll give some, uh, some Batman, spoiler alert, some Batman Coach K thoughts uh, at the end. This pod is brought to you by Bet Online AG football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops, including Duke losing in Coach K's last game. <laughs> From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online where the game starts and you guys know some of our good friends at built bar built bar it's that time of year pretty you, that all of us have pretty much given up on uh new year's resolution shout out if you're still going strong but not this year if you want to get back on track here you go built bar i'm sticking to my resolution to eat right i'm trying to i'm trying don't 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 hold me to it but i'm trying Built Bar is a key part of that. I've talked about having this little Built Bar basket in my pantry. I Literally, I still have Built Bars stacked up in there. Try to grab one going out the door for a good snack, maybe uh, for breakfast. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best tasting Built Bars there is. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, Puffs included. 100% real chocolate, low calorie, high protein. Guys, they have flavors for days. I mean, I, I literally could spend the rest of this pod listing out different flavors. But anyway, go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Woo! All right. I also want to give somebody else a shout out. So, I mean, I feel like I could talk about Dinwiddie, how he could get to the rim. He had some big time uh, moments tonight. What was he for three today? He was two of seven uh, from three tonight. Dinwiddie uh, was, he just... We've talked about that second guy, having that second guy next to Luca, And it hasn't been directly just about being able to play with Luca, which that has a that's a big portion of it. But also when when Luca goes to the bench or when Luca sets out a game against a bad team, do they have a player that can get you thirty something points? Do they have a player? This was the whole CJ McCollum thing. When we used to talk about CJ McCollum, we're like, hey, listen, we know we know the deficiencies of CJ McCollum, but we also know that CJ can get out there and drop 30, 35 in a game. We've seen it in the playoffs. We've also seen it in regular season games. And, like, that's kind of what separates, you know, McCollum from even a guy like Jalen Brunson, right? Like, how many times – we haven't seen Brunson go out there and it's like, how confident are you that Brunson's going to go out there and drop 33 on a night that Luka's not playing? For them to add a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie that can get to that point, that can drop 30 – 36 in a game like he did tonight like I almost feel like it was almost a little bit quiet 36 because yeah I mean 12 of those points were from the free throw line and he only hit two threes but man he keeps on keeps on getting to the rim and you know Brunson had some big plays late they took out Dinwiddie you know late to give him a, a little bit of breather and they put Brunson in there and I literally wrote out, wrote in there when when Dinwiddie came out of the game um 
you know, Reggie came in. He had some big possessions, you know, trying to guard, you know, De'Aaron De Fox. Uh, but Brunson, I wrote a note down at, at halftime or earlier in the game. I said, we need more from JB. Like when Luca's not playing, I, I was like, man, I, I need, I need Brunson to, you know, have like a 18 to 20 field goal attempt a game tonight. You know, that that's what we need from Brunson. It's like he attempted 15 shots. He had 23 points. He ended up having a, a good game. But early on, I was like, man, I need more from him. It can't be just Dinwiddie, especially when Luca's out. But seeing that tandem together, I thought they played well. I mean, you combine them tonight. It's, it's 59 points uh, between Brunson and Dinwiddie, the backcourt for that. Um, Reggie, Reggie struggled tonight, you know, from, from threes, one of six from three, but he's out there playing defense. He has some good hustle plays. I don't know what was going on with the challenges. All right. So I was so confused. I don't, I was confused when, when Dinwiddie drives to the basket early in the game, he extends his, his elbow just a little bit, gets called for the offensive foul. Okay. Say, so, hey, kind of get it. Every player does it. Kawhi Leonard does it every single time. But you want to call it on Dinwiddie, kind of cheap, but I get it. What I don't get is when De'Aaron Fox does it and it doesn't get called. Because that's where I was, like, really confused. And, you know, that ended up being a challenge. And it's like they didn't call the offensive foul on De'Aaron Fox. I thought for sure that when they reviewed it that they were going to, you know, make it offensive foul. And they didn't. So I was really confused with that. They obviously, the Kings challenged the whole Rashawn Holmes, Spencer Dinwiddie play. You know, both those challenges didn't go Dallas's way. A little frustrating uh, in the game. But um, you know what? I get it, I guess. Um the offense at times was 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 brutal a little bit. Um, it felt sometimes that they were kind of just scrambling. It's like, hey, let's just hey, just throw up stuff. Let's just try to get to the rim. But also, Luka wasn't playing, so I kind of don't blame it. They end up scoring 114 in the game, so I don't want to really focus too much on the offense and some of the struggles at times. But I want to shout out somebody right now that I, I thought – I mean, it's definitely Spencer Denwitty is like player of the game – Dorian Finney-Smith deserves a good portion of that. But freaking Josh Green, man. Like, what a turnaround for somebody like Josh. I mean, they were getting obliterated on the boards, okay? I mean, we talked about it earlier. I mean, there was a huge deficit rebounding for a lot of the game. Obviously, Dwight was in foul trouble and all that stuff. And you're like, hey, they. I mean, they were down there. They were just trying to block out. They couldn't, you know, Kings had a bunch of second chance points. And it's like, man, they're just getting torched on rebounds. And Josh Green came in and was like, all right, screw that. I'm going to come in there. I'm going to fly up over everybody, and I'm going to start getting rebounds. And I'm going to get some offensive rebounds. Josh Green had six offensive rebounds tonight. I mean, I'm not ready to do the whole Josh Green's a great offensive rebounder. My whole Jordan Finney-Smith bit. But, uh, I mean, I thought he his energy and his rebounding and hit just everything he brought to the game tonight, I thought it – it was one of the X factors of the game. Like it, it's not Dinwiddie or, you know, but like, I, I just, I can't brag on his game enough tonight. I mean, he hit a couple big threes in this game. He hit two threes. Um, you know, he, he only attempted six shots in the game, but he, he knew his role. He was a plus five. He had 12 points, you know, off the bench, 12 rebounds. Like I said, like, I think it was his first, I think Doyle tweeted that out, you know, in the game or towards the end of the game that it was his first double, double of his career. I'm just happy for him, man. Like, I, yeah, we're not going to do the whole, you know, career arc right now for him, but 
him proving that he can be a viable option off the bench in that type of role. I mean, he had 28 minutes tonight. I just, I, I loved his game tonight. I love what he brought. Um, you know, they put him on Fox at, at times, but I mean, like I said, Fox, Fox had an incredible night tonight, 44 points. He was 18 of 31 from the field, shot 58% from the field. Darren Fox did three of four from three. Like it was just one of those nights he was in his bag. And it's weird. The Sabonis line, because if, you just watched the first quarter of Sabonis. You're like, this dude's literally about to put up like 33 and 17 against the Mavs. And he finished at 15 and 10. And you're like that. You have to credit the coaching staff. You credit Dorian Finney Smith for that in the fourth quarter, holding him scoreless. I just, how they turned this game around. Like there were some friends of mine who went to the game, you know, today and I, I felt bad for him in the first half. And it's like, dang it. Like of all games for them and his family to come to and this is just a dud. You know, Luca's not playing. And it felt like the Mavs kind of just mailed it in. It's like, man, all right, this is just one of those games. And for them to completely flip that and to come back in the fourth, that fourth quarter felt like it was a game in itself, right? Like, it's like the Mavericks made their run. They came back. Dinwiddie did the, you know, scoop up on her Sabonis. It goes in. They take the lead. We're all freaking out. They, they really caught, you know, you know, caught them, took the lead. And then the Kings went on a little run of their, their own. It's like, dang. Did they, did the Mavs just tease us, right? Like the Kings, you know, take the lead back. And then the Mavs came back towards the end. And obviously, you know, Dorian hits that big three and just massive. I mean, I, I can't, you know, Frank plays the minutes tonight. It's like, this is one of those, you know, one of those games where everybody had to play Sterling Brown shout out to Sterling playing eight minutes in this game. And, you know, I didn't talk about Dwight too much in this game, but you know, 28 minutes, he was a minus five and just, he was the only big they really had on the floor. I mean, Josh Green got some minutes at point guard tonight. Like, I mean, they were just doing every, anything and everything to stay in this game for them to come back. But ultimately, I mean, this is why you go out and you get a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie. And to be able to switch out, to keep your same system, to keep your same defensive scheme and all of that, and then just insert Dinwiddie into that Luka role tonight. Like, Big time night. Love Spencer Dinwiddie. Love what he brings to this team. Love Dorian Finney-Smith. It was a fun win. And, um, yeah, now we have a massive, massive game coming up on Monday against the Jazz. All right. Let me take a drink. And I got some Batman thoughts and Coach K thoughts. What do we want to hear about first? Batman, Coach K? Nick's going to kill me for just taking a drink. Um, Y'all can just watch me take a drink on the pod. All right. Uh, let's do Coach K first. Ha ha. I think it's so funny. Uh, never been a fan of Coach K. Uh, you guys know I grew up a big uh, North Carolina fan. And um, I shouldn't say you guys know. You could be a first-time listener. I grew up a big uh, Carolina fan because I love uh, Michael Jordan. And uh, obviously Jordan went to uh, North Carolina, my favorite athlete of all time, Vince Carter. And, uh, of course, he went to uh, <laughs> I went to North Carolina. And uh, just for them to spoil Coach K's, like, night was hilarious. I was at the arena seeing Twitter melting down over ESPN's, like, broadcast decision over the Duke stuff and split screening, you know, Texas and Kansas and all that. And I was just laughing through it all. And the fact that Carolina beat them on, on their home floor at Cameron uh, on Coach K's last night – uh, was just one of the funniest things I've I've seen. And the fact that Coach K had to like a- address the crowd afterwards too, uh, and especially in front of all the ex-players in the arena. I don't know why Dirk was there. Dirk was at Duke for this game. If y'all, if you guys know, I asked a few people. No one really knew 
uh, what Dirk's connection is to Coach K. Because, like, obviously he wasn't on Team USA, didn't play at Duke, um, all of that. But it's like if Dirk just wanted to be there, maybe Dirk's out there uh, laying some uh, Mavs seeds in the college world. Um, like, hey, uh, I know a team that uh, we like you. And so, anyway, um, I thought that was funny for Coach K. Let's talk about Batman real quick. So, saw Batman this morning. Spoiler alert, you can turn the pod off right now if you plan on watching uh, Batman and um, you uh, haven't seen it yet. Such a unique perspective on Bruce Wayne. And one, I thought the movie was absolutely incredible. I think I would give it like eight or nine out of ten. I just can't do the, I can't cross over the line into Dark Knight worthy because Heath Ledger is so good as the Joker. Uh, I just can't do it. I will say the Riddler today was absolutely amazing. I think the villain angle, the whole storyline was great. Um, I'm still just trying to wrap my head around this version of Bruce Wayne. And I get it. It's year two of being Batman. It's a sophomore season. He he didn't win rookie of the year. He's kind of struggling a little bit. And it's kind of like this um, feels like he's like 31 um, kind of just going through crap in his life. And we're, we're just so used to seeing Bruce Wayne in Batman movies be the, um, the, the rich white dude who's just walking around with his tie and suit. And it's like, Hey, I got fancy cars. I got all this stuff. And you're used to seeing that over the end to see this version of Pattinson and Bruce Wayne. Uh, I thought it was great storytelling and everything. It was just a different version of Bruce Wayne. Like even the car, you know, it wasn't the souped up Batmobile. Um, the Batcave was, was really cool. Um, I'm just still, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. You know, um, Colin Farrell as the penguin. I didn't even know that was Colin Farrell. Like what, how, how is that him? Shout out to makeup artist and everything for that movie. Um, but I just thought it was great. I'd love uh, as I've gotten older, I've started to appreciate cinematography and different shots in movies and scenes and how things are filmed and, and all of this stuff. And I thought there were so many scenes in this movie. I'm like, Ooh, that's a dope shot. Like that's, that's really good. And uh, so anyway, I'm not spoiling a lot. I thought, uh, <laughs> I thought Zoe Kravitz was amazing in her role. Uh, I, yeah, I, I thought her and Pattinson and Batman, y'all don't really care about, uh, if you're here at this point, you care about Batman and movie here. This is what you need to do. If you want, you should tell Nick that we should have like a segment on the weekends to where we review movies and shows because Nick and I both watch a lot of movies and shows and we would have fun with it. If you want us to do that. Um, anyway, great movie, probably a little too long. If how I judge length links of movies are, if, if I, ha if I think about it multiple times in the movie that, Ooh, this is, that's just kind of just going a little long Then it was probably too long, but you know what? I'm probably here to watch it again. I thought it was that good. I thought it was one of the best Batman movies uh, that have been out and um, great movie. So there you go. Jazz coming to town on Monday. They need this win. We need it for the standings. They're game back from Utah right now. And um, yeah, big home game for the Mavs. So there you go. Nick will be back on Monday. You got my coach K Batman thoughts. You got thoughts on the game and uh, what a fun, fun, fun fourth quarter and what a fun uh, Mavs win over the weekend. Guys, hang in there. Enjoy your Sunday and uh, another week's coming and another week of Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.